Yeah, you sound beautiful, mate. Don't you worry. Hey, how's it going, guys? Um, Today's a bit of an impromptu last minute live. Yes, um, just managed to get it confirmed with my man Ben that he's going to jump on here in a minute and we're going to be doing um, a live recording of the Coaching Confidence podcast, which I'm really, really excited about doing, guys. Um, so I'm just literally waiting for him to pop online now and then we're going to get started and just uh, jump straight in. So this is going to be a really great live for you guys to get involved with. Um, here we go. I think this is it. Ben, I'm super excited to have you on on the live, on the podcast. Um, I think that we're going to be able to get so much value to the uh, to the guys watching right now and listening um, on the podcast as well because you've been like, you've been a big inspiration to me as an individual, as a coach. And I want to kind of dive into your personal journey and what's kind of led you up to where you are right now and t- to give people listening and watching a little bit of perspective um so the first thing i wanted to say i'm just gonna i've got like obviously made notes because i'm a very well prepared um host and uh i'm just gonna introduce you okay so ben kuma host of the number one fitness podcast ben kuma radio you're an industry respected coach you host talks all over the place, including Body Power, which is the largest um, fitness exhibition in the UK. Um, you've launched awesome supplements. You run the BTN Academy. You also run Fat Loss for Life. Um, you're constantly giving out top quality, free information all over your show, social channels, and you personally coach people and change lives. That is a pretty big set of accolades, Ben. and. You know, you, from looking at your your website, understanding who you are a little bit more, it you know it's not like you've had a, a, a kind of direct route through your life to where you are now. You know, the fact that you started off and you were quite overweight at one point, um, and then lost all of that. It's it's not that linear progression where some people might look at you and be like, "Oh, it's easy." You know, he's had it easy his whole life, always into health, always into fitness, da 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 So with all of these accolades, with all of these things that you're doing, why'd you do them? So I would say that my journey was life-changing. I spent all of my school years being bullied, being told I was untalented at all the things that you're meant to be talented at, like maths and science and all that kind of stuff. And uh, when I was 18 and I was an adult, um, I kind of made the decision that I wanted to be essentially the best version of myself because at the time I was going into the acting industry and I felt that to kind of make it, Uh, I needed to be fit, healthy, good looking. I needed to be kind of like hireable. I needed to get the parts. So I went from being obese, unhappy, unhealthy, IBS, ADHD, asthma, eczema, and got fit. Uh, Started running, you know, nutrition, and just all of that literally changed everything. Got more confident, got healthy, was sleeping well. And I kind of just was then sitting on all of that what I felt was life-changing knowledge. And I was like, 
think I need to do something with this. So I trained to become a personal trainer, not really knowing whether I would do it. Like I was kind of like, I'm going to do a PT course and see if I just like it. And then I just got really invested in it. And um, the rest is history. At the age of 20, I became a personal trainer and I'm now nearly 34. And yeah, I've been in the online space trying to help people more so um, because I've really valued sort of travel and, you know, being able to work from home um, ever since about 2009. So um, it's been a while in the industry. I've been kicking about a while. Like I'm an old rusty tire that's hopefully got a few wisdom and nuggets uh, caught in the cobwebs. Mate, you definitely have uh, got some wisdom caught in those cobwebs. Um, I actually done your, your BTN Academy. So I've done the foundation um, nutrition qualification that you guys have, and it is quality. So you definitely have a lot of very good information to, to give people, but I want to go back to, to where it all started. <clears throat> you said on your, on your website, you were 16 stone at one point and within six months you lost five and a half stone. So for you guys listening to this in America, that's roughly 77 pounds. Or if you're listening to the UK, that's 37 kilos in six months. That is a, that's a life-changing, game-changing amount of body fat to lose in a very short space of time. What, what was your inspiration to do that? Well, first off, it was... Uh, I was doing all my auditions for drama school and I kept failing. And so I'd done like RADA and, you know, all these drama um, auditions and I kept getting rejected. And I had this kind of moment of introspection and I was like, well, maybe it's me. Maybe I'm not good enough. How can I be better as a person? You know, maybe I can't sing that well. Maybe I don't look that good. Maybe I'm not fit enough to do the dance routines all day that you would do at drama school. So that was when I basically woke up one day and said, if I'm not a better version of myself, I won't be successful. And as a young man, I think that really fires you up to say, well, God, I don't want a life of no success. Like, that's rubbish. Um, and that was the initial kicking point. So I basically had one sentence that made me get up every day. And I basically said, if I don't do this, I won't be successful. And it just made me get out of bed and take action. And as we know, over the years, you layer on top of that habits and routines that are then hard to kick. Like, if you ask me now, where does my motivation come from to exercise it's kind of habit. Like I, I want to do it. I don't feel normal if I don't do it. Like today I wasn't really sure what I was going to do with my fitness. So I went for a run and I knew that on the run I'd figure it out. So I went for a 20 minute run and I was like, right, I'm going to get that chain out of my garage and I'm going to lunge up and down my road for 20 minutes. And I did it. I set a timer on my clock. I lunged up and down my road. And then I was like, right, I'm going to get my bike out of the garage. And I went and cycled up a really high hill. Um, so the kind of like the motivation and the habits there, I don't always have things figured out, but, um, it's the same with food. Like people go, Oh, how do you stay motivated to eat well every day? I'm like, why wouldn't you? Like, I want to look good. I want to feel good. I want to be vibrant. I want to be energized. Like the first thing I'm thinking about is what good stuff am I putting in my body today? <coughs> Whereas other people quite often, you know, on the reverse, they're like, well, what tasty foods can I eat today? And I'm like, well, it's, it's great kind of looking at that, but you've, you've got to think about it nourishing yourself so um yeah that was the starting point so it's a big starting point and you you touched on already mindset and also habits and making it sustainable and long term but i think that one thing that we both know is that most people 
are not successful in their initial attempt to lose lots of weight. Most people diet and then regain it and it's not a particularly enjoyable, successful experience for them. But you manage to lose loads of weight in a short space of time. And I, I, would, I would guess that the biggest factor deciding on whether you're going to be successful or not in that is your mindset. Like how much of a, it must've been such a big drive to have that thought process. And the thing that you came back to every day was this idea of, I need to be successful. If I don't do this, I won't be successful. Like, and that was your why that like how deeply rooted into you as a person, did you believe that to be that it would get you up? It would get you training. It would get you exercising, pushing through the pain and continuing for six months with enough consistency to lose 77 pounds. That is, that's, 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 I think that's a really big, big thing. Um, how important was that mindset to the process? Very important, but not as important as it would be now if I was to go on that journey. And what I mean is, I personally think environment is extremely powerful. So you can wake up every day with the best intentions, the best mindset. You know, you've got your affirmation there. You've, you know, almost got your vision board like you're in. But we live, or a lot of people live in quite a complex environment with a lot of people, thoughts, opinions, stimuluses. So I was very fortunate when I was 18 to actually live like pretty much by myself. Um, I left boarding school, which means I had no local friends. So I had no friends, basically. I lived in a house without my parents because they lived abroad at the time. And I was basically trying to find my feet as an adult. And what that meant is I didn't have people in my ear all the time giving me their opinion oh, you shouldn't do it like that. Oh, why are you eating a salad? Oh, why don't you come out of the weekend? And all of that stuff can lead you astray. And sometimes for good reasons, like you don't want to be the guy that misses out on a Friday night drink and all that kind of stuff. But I was able to actually say, actually, for the next six months or however long it takes, I'm just going to go at my goal. And I got up every morning, I went for a run, I then went to work, I then went to the gym, and then I went and did a bar job in the evening. And from the age of 18 to 19, I had a really strict routine. I was able to, and I had the vision for it. And I did. I basically shut off the world, and I just absolutely went for it. And that's my, why my weight loss was so fast, because I was literally all in. Like, would I recommend weight loss that quickly? Not usually. Not many people sustain it because it's aggressive. But I built, and I built up the knowledge base around my journey. Um, you know, a lot of people lose weight. And they don't actually really know how it happened because they just kind of followed a diet plan, followed a diet book. But the whole time I was educating myself how to train, how to eat better, how to sleep. So at the end of the six months, I was empowered to maintain it because maintenance is another very hard skill if you've not changed your habits, you've not changed your routine, you've not changed your mindset. Yeah, I mean, that's actually maintaining weight loss is arguably more difficult than the first bit because there's a lot of programs and plans out there which help people get from a to b but they don't actually help them maintain b when it's there because like you said it is education that allows you to do that because you understand the the parts the lifestyle factors which need to be maintained and which which can be relaxed and when you can do something and when you shouldn't maybe do something that education allows for it to happen um 
And I think that that is probably one of the harder, harder things and why so many people do regain the weight. Because if you follow a diet plan and lose 20 pounds and then you go, brilliant, I've lost 20 pounds. I'm just going to go back to eating how I was eating before. because I don't want to continue to eat this diet plan for the rest of my life. And there's the old way of eating, which put them in the position where they wanted to lose weight, which causes this yo-yo effect of follow a diet plan, lose weight, stop following the diet plan, regain the weight because you don't know the reason why you lost weight in the first place. And so the empowering understanding of information allows people to do that. And it sounds like from a young age, you were able to do that as well, which is really, really powerful. Um, the doing something so a lot in the fitness industry at the moment what i see is there's almost like two camps you've got the um kind of hashtag balance which is the approach of factoring all the various different lifestyle considerations your mental approach to things your goals and everything else that goes in with it and then you've got the kind of transformational body body transformation approach which is lose lots of weight very quickly do all of the right things optimal approach to 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 weight loss or fat loss or building muscle and both you and i have done that one and and now it seems like we're both in the kind of hashtag balance camp um which do you think is the best route for most people to go down taking into consideration the effect that that quite extreme approach had on you and your life it is tough to say and i think we've got to approach someone's individual goals in the right way but someone's mindset in the right way what they're dealing with so a lot of people have a very different background with their relationship with food and one of the best things you can do is make sure that your relationship with food is healthy before you kind of go on your journey so actually if you've been involved in a bit of disordered eating you've yo-yoed quite a bit the best thing for you would probably be to go down the working out the balance route and really investing in looking after yourself kind of not being so extreme but actually if you've been on the balance side too much and kind of you're in too much of the enjoy yourself and actually you do want to you know get your best ever body or really get in great shape then actually committing to some kind of challenge might be really good and this is where it's important to spend time with your goals and also look at your habits look at your past behaviors and quite often consulting a coach to say what actually is the best route for me because some people respond phenomenally well to a 12-week challenge like they really get the you know the bone in their teeth they go after it and they keep the results it suited where they were at, it suited their character, it suited their behavior, and they just needed that structure, that kick up the arse, you know, to motivate them. But on the flip side, that might not work for other people. So I see why there's different camps, because people are in need of different things. So I always start on a coaching perspective with like a plan. I literally give someone a seven day plan. I'm like, go away, eat good food, get to bed on time. And you know, you get people off to the right start. And then I'm straight into the mindset stuff of like, right, we need to lift your standards. You need to start to own this stuff. You need to start to take control. And I lay it on quite thick and then I've become like a bit more practical. So I try and blend the two a little bit. I'm a bit more on the kind of balance side of things because I'm trying to 
you know, educate people. I'm trying to empower people. I'm trying to get people to believe in themselves. So my before and after photos won't look as crazy as some coaches, but it's not really my vibe. I'm, you know, I want to coach that 30 year old person that's been struggling for a while and has been frustrated and has yo-yo back and forth has maybe got one, one or two kids got a busy lifestyle. Like I quite enjoy unpicking all of that stuff. Yeah. I find that actually as you get a little bit older and I'm going to generalize generally as someone's older and they've got more experience and they've got more habits already set in that the balance approach tends to work more so than the transformational approach on average. And actually younger people who maybe necessarily haven't had a chance to instill certain habits and have less lifestyle factors contributing, like they don't have kids or they don't live with somebody or they don't have as much responsibility they can really like focus in because like we both know that a transformation is pretty all-encompassing you know your lifestyle has to change so much to be able to have that dramatic shift and when someone's done like a 12-week transformation and they've lost like 20 kilos you know that their lifestyle has changed dramatically in order to achieve that result but maybe for the person who is working in an office 10 hours a day and has got two kids there just isn't the bandwidth in their life to do something as dramatic as that um i think people have to be realistic with their goals there um you know sometimes we have the impulse and the emotion and the intention to say oh i'm going to sign up for whoever's 12 week plan but then they're failing at week three and it's like do you actually know, like be really honest with yourself. Do you know what it takes to get an incredible shape in 12 weeks? It's doable. Like anyone can do it, but it does take hard work. Like, um, so just be really honest with the commitment because it's a really valid goal and anyone at any age can do it. But if you haven't got the resources and time, be kind to yourself and sort of just step back and take it a little bit slower. Very valid points. When it comes to your fitness career, like you said, you kind of went through this transformation, you did your PT qualification at 20, and now, 14 years later, you're an authority in the industry, a coach that coaches other coaches. You've got an academy to, to train coaches up, and you know, you've got plenty, so many successful uh, client transformations and testimonials and that kind of thing. Is this where you saw your career going, you know, from where you, when you did that first? PT qualification to where you are now. Did you think that this was ever achievable? Did you want to be in this position? Is it something you've always like strived to be or is it kind of just evolved naturally? A little bit of both. I've always known that my ability, I feel, to inspire and teach is quite strong. Um, I've always had, I felt a bit of a presence and I've been able to word myself and, and communicate effectively. I think anyone's career should always evolve. You know, I was a coach from the age of 20 and at the age of sort of 27, I was like, how could I have a bigger impact? I have a lot of coaches that follow me. Actually in the UK, there's not really anything that helps coaches understand nutrition better. There was like your classic nutrition courses and then there was precision nutrition in America. And I was like, well, why isn't there a UK-based one that's online, that's flexible, that's practical, etc.? So that was when there was kind of an amalgamation of things. There was me wanting to step into an evolution of my career, me wanting to move away from coaching a bit, 
me wanting to have a bigger impact by teaching other people. And then there was a business opportunity that I felt there wasn't really a company providing good quality nutrition education online. So it was a good mix of things. And it was obviously just having an awareness of what's going on and what you're thinking and feeling and having the confidence to move into that space. Yeah, the fitness industry is an interesting place. There's a lot of churn. There's a lot of people that come into it and then leave very quickly. And it can be, I even in my own career, I've got to that point and thought it wasn't for me because there isn't this career ladder to climb. But actually, you've created that ladder for yourself to climb. What kind of... Um, what kind of advice would you give to people who are early on in their fitness career? They're trying to break into the fitness industry and, you know, they're really passionate and this could be actually applicable to any industry, but you're really passionate. You're really hungry. You've got so much drive and enthusiasm. You really want to get to the top, but you're not exactly sure how, how what would you kind of say to them? Get around all of the people that you can that are doing what you want to do. I think it's quite often as simple as that. So when I was young, I just went on a lot of courses. I was fortunate to have a little bit of money that my parents had saved for university. And I was like, well, I'm not going to uni. I'm going to go and do PT courses. So I did a lot of courses quickly. And if you're doing a lot of CPD, especially in person, I think it inspires you. Like if I came to watch a talk with you, about fitness or whatever you've got an infectious personality like you've got good presence like I'd probably be inspired by that period of time with you so I spent a lot of time traveling and learning and then you know learning from people that have been there and done it so quite often people that are doing courses and seminars and all that kind of stuff there's a bit of a, a blueprint of success there like you know you, you look at their websites and their books and that kind of stuff and you're like oh, I can see how they're doing it so it's spending time with these people um I think the digital space is great like don't get me wrong you can connect with anyone like I can follow you on social media I can pick up tips but there's a difference to being in person talking about your problems getting insight so that's probably one of the things I'm looking forward to most from lockdown lifting is getting back into London, you know, back learning, networking, speaking to people, making connections. Um, you'll be amazed at how quickly you can get somewhere where you know the right information and you know the right people that will support you in the right ways. Yeah, I do kind of think that there is a bit of a oversight these days because we are so digitally connected and probably even more so now that we've been in lockdown for like three months and everyone's been doing zoom calls um and they haven't been connecting in person but actually like i kind of feel like a bit that we're losing that personal touch and the people thinking that we can replace it with technology and connecting digitally um actually like the best relationships are ones where you can really connect with someone in person and you can share the vibe that someone's got going and you can like resonate with them and you can feel their passion and their energy and you can really get that i think that is something that i'm really looking forward to doing more of as soon as this lockdown situation changes and like you said inspiration it's it really infects you and allows you to do more and, and, and be better. Yeah. I, I completely follow your sentiment there, mate. Um, when it comes to let's, let's look at the UK as a whole, right? So we're 
a lot of people are into fitness. A lot of people are focusing on their health, but there is still a lot of people who are overweight and unhappy and they want to change and they don't know what to do. Like, what do you think is the main reason why we have this overweight, ill health population? Big question. That is a huge question. Yeah, well, I'm trying to get your insight onto it. Um, I think we have a big, so my big thing is live an awesome life. That's a phrase people will hear me say a lot. And the reason I talk about that a lot is when I used to teach nutrition and I'd stand in front of a group of people, the traditional way of teaching nutrition is like, this is good food. This is bad food. Here's your calories. Here's your macros. And you can just see everyone go to sleep. So I always approach nutrition fitness uh, first and foremost from a higher purpose perspective. Like it's got to be higher than like, oh, I want to lose a stone of weight because I just want to feel better. Most people have had goals like that for like 10 years. Like if you ask people, what are your goals? And they list them to you. And then I say, how long have you had those goals? They're like, oh, I've been battling with those goals for like 15 years. I'm like, they don't mean enough to you. Come on. So when I talk about living an awesome life, I every day want to turn up as my best self. When I wake up at 5am in the morning, I want to feel vibrant. I want to feel passionate about what's in, in my day ahead. I want to look forward to exercise. I want to want to eat healthy food because I want to see the benefits that it brings to the other areas of my life. So I think when you get under the skin of what it is that you actually want, and most people want to be healthy, happy, vibrant, energetic, fit, strong, passionate, then actually what you need to achieve that is go to bed on time, eat good food, calorie control your diet with to some degree, get some fitness in, make sure you know, you've got the habits that support all that. So I think once you sort of look at that level, and I think we have almost like an inspiration problem, like if you ask most people what inspires them to be fit and healthy, most people are like, like I just kind of want to don't look like shit. And I'm like, come on, we need to get under the skin. So I think there's a huge amount of problems, um, but I think there's a big personal sort of inspiration, like self-want problem in the UK. Because the reality is most people know how to get fit. Most people know how to eat relatively well. There's a fair amount of bro science in the fitness industry still, but most people know that if you eat whole foods most of the time and don't end up eating a pizza three times a week, you're probably going to lose weight. So it's not really a knowledge problem. There's a bit of a knowledge problem, but it's not really a problem. So I think it's a, it's a you being inspired to do it problem. Which comes back to the mindset initially of your personal transformation it's the mindset of what what really inspires you like deep down to your core and actually it's when I first when I start talking to clients you know and have that initial conversation of okay what is it that you want to achieve and they'll say like you said I want to lose a little bit of weight I want to feel better about myself why why do you want to lose that weight why do you want to feel better and like understanding and getting them to understand the real deep rooted belief and because you know you had the the belief that you wanted to turn up better and be successful and therefore you did things which led and lived into that belief about yourself which allowed you to lose 37 kilos in six months 
you had a belief about who you were as a human being and as a man and every day your actions reflected that belief that you had about yourself but having a goal of i want to lose a stone where's the belief about who you are that will affect your ability to achieve that goal like when we when we tie it back to your deep values and beliefs about who you are then it becomes really powerful then it gets you out of bed in the morning then it makes you eat consistently and train consistently and all of those things and and it's that understanding for me has been super powerful like how your mind controls everything and actually i think it is that we're kind of blinded a little bit in the fitness industry um not us as coaches but the kind of message that that is put out to to the public you know it's a lot of the time it is just to look a certain way just to get abs or just to have a nice bum or whatever and actually for most people that's not a big enough driving force but it's what they think that they should be working towards and i find it all very confusing it shouldn't be oh, like that. <laughs> it's the industry's fault because a lot of the noise, a lot of the messages, a lot of the media is all about that. It's look, look, look. Like most mainstream magazines, which a lot of people read, are bums, abs, what celebrity has done, what with their body, through whatever procedure, through some rap, through some injection, through some something. So when the overwhelming majority of the information is poor, it does confuse people and you know it you know it is it's hard and the problem is if people don't really know themselves it's then hard to see through that bullshit like a lot of people really honestly when you get down to the nuts and bolts as a coach not many people really know themselves at a very comfortable level like what makes them them and are really in love with themselves not in a uh, a, v- a vain way oh, I'm in love with myself in a genuine like I appreciate myself as a person way when you appreciate yourself as a person when you have self-worth you take a totally different level of action compared to someone that doesn't have a high level of self-worth so when I coach people I quite often talk about two key things uh, one is your standards so your standards for your life are for you to define and however high your standards are you'll create actions to meet those standards so if you don't feel worthy of love don't appreciate yourself you won't eat well you won't get outside and get active but if you wake up every day and say i want to be the best version of myself i want to turn up every day i want to be incredible i want to be energized i want to have a very high standard for my health and for my life your actions completely different And then the second thing I talk about is extreme ownership. You've got to own your life. You're in control. Stop giving control to other people. Stop saying, oh, I can't do that. Stop playing the victim. It's all stories you're telling yourself to disempower you. So I quite often uh, get people to read the book, Extreme Ownership, if they want to go deep on that. If not, I just kind of get in their ear a bit and say, hey, you're in control. You're in control of the way you think. When you wake up tomorrow morning, we can change that thought process. We can practice it. We can have affirmations. We can make your thought process more positive. Um, We can shift your mindset because once you feel like you're in control, again, you take a different approach to action. You don't ever disempower yourself. You empower yourself. And that's someone that really you can't stop be successful. 
it's almost impossible to not be successful when you take that approach. There's a bit of a blame culture in totally UK, US. It's it's not my fault. It's your fault. It's not my fault. It's your fault. It's a blame culture, and and that blame culture always takes the responsibility away from you and onto somebody else. And what you've just said is actually when we own our shit, when we um, take responsibility for our actions and when we empower ourselves to make decisions about our life, then we're going to be able to be more successful because we're the ones that are in control and we're the ones that are in power. Um, one thing I say to people as well is that what you're, you're going to care the most about your life, right? Like it's your life. No one's going to care about it as much as you, right? Therefore, you can't rely on somebody else to constantly empower you. You need to be the person taking control. You need to be the person making decisions. You need to be the person owning what happens. Because if you want your life to be brilliant or if you want X, Y, and Z, you're going to have to work hard to make that happen because nobody else is going to give it to you. It is going to be harder than you think. Therefore, you have to work to make it happen. And it's that, I find it's that mental change, that mindset shift from responsibility over here and here and here to internal responsibility across all areas of your life. And you'll notice that it's almost like that ball starts rolling. Okay. So it might be the first thing you take responsibility for is uh, brushing your teeth when you're a kid. You start brushing your teeth without your parents having to tell you to do it. You take responsibility for that part of your life. But then at, over time, it might be you take responsibility for eating and then you take responsibility for the effect of your body composition. But then that can then go further. You start taking responsibility for your actions in an argument with your spouse. And as a result of you taking responsibility and being open to the potential change and all of the positives that can come from that you're now taking responsibility emotionally as well and, and this responsibility affects everything and allows you to grow as a as a human and become a better version of your of your former self but if we don't take responsibility if we blame other people we're constantly shutting out the opportunity for growth and it's why i see this huge link between fitness weight loss building muscle and your mindset because it just it seems to have impact on all these different areas as well it would be an interesting experiment for people listening to this to do with themselves what would happen if you blamed yourself and took responsibility for everything that happened in your life Every interaction, positive or negative, every action, positive or negative. Because when you say, actually, maybe I was at fault, you give yourself an opportunity to reflect and improve. So even if I was to have an argument with my wife, and maybe my wife is in the wrong, I'll start off by saying, maybe that was actually my fault. What could I have done better? And it might not have been the behavior right there and then that caused it, but it might have been a chain of behaviors that started a week ago you know, a habit that I started doing, something that I started doing. So I always take the blame me first. And again, it's the extreme ownership mindset. I do it also because I'm a business owner. I have a team of nine people. I make sure that I'm not the problem before I go and blame other people. And actually, 
it's usually me that is actually the problem because I set the culture, I set the tone, I'm the one giving out, you know, the messages, the orders, all that kind of stuff. Um, so I think it would be an interesting experiment to get, for people to go away and do. I think really cool stuff would happen if you did it. Yeah, I reckon so. Would you say that that, that sort of mindset shift and accountability approach is one of the first steps that people should take on their fitness journey? Where do you think people should start? 100%. What, you know, where is a better place to start than taking ownership and control and responsibility of all of your daily actions? Whether you're 15 years old listening to this or 75 years old, there's no better time to say, actually, could I take more control? Could I step up? Could I be a better husband? Could I be a better father? Could I be a better role model for myself? Could I have better fitness routines? Could I eat better? Yeah, I could. So am I willing to sit down, turn off the world, get out a piece of paper and write down how I'm going to take better action in my life tomorrow? I think that'd be really powerful. I think that'd be a really great place for people to start because it'd get you really clear on what it is that you want to do moving forward as well. And that's another secret is blocking out the noise. I talked about that where I felt it was a good thing for me when I was 18. I didn't have too many voices around me. If you write down a plan and you write down, you know, your goals and your plan is obviously going to help you towards your goals. If you're following 50 different opinions online and whether your plan, David, my plan, Ben is a good plan if you start mixing the two plans, it might get a bit too complicated. If both plans lead to the same outcome, just follow the plan. But that's sometimes the problem with fitness. You're not really sure what you're doing. So you do a bit of CrossFit here and a bit of strength there and a bit of this here. And actually, you get to the end of the month with like half of your goals achieved because you followed almost three different plans to get there. So it is really important to have the right kind of continual voices coming in because otherwise it can, it can dilute things. It's, it's like anything, building a body, building a business, building a healthy relationship. There's lots of different ways to get there and they will work. But a lot of them fail because people stick to them for three weeks rather than you know three months. And don't get me wrong, we're always tweaking a plan. We're always just slightly making it better. But we don't want to be making wholesale changes just because someone on the internet went, that's bullshit. You need to do this instead. And then you're like, <gasps> you're questioning yourself. So I always say to people, when you follow people online, make sure the kind of core content that David, Ben, whoever talk about is kind of like 70, 85% the same. Like you're getting this continual message, this rational voice, an ethical message. If you're listening to all these polarizing conversations, keto this, vegan that, like you're always stuck. You're stuck in confusion. And there shouldn't be that many ways that is optimal, that many ways that is scientifically proven. It's like if you followed 50 people online to do with diet and nutrition, they should all be saying the key defining factor of weight loss or weight maintenance is a calorie deficit. If they're not all saying that and they're all arguing over how diets work in, they're lying because the scientific consensus says otherwise. So watch out for those little trends when you're following people on social media because if it's not like that unfollow because it will keep confusing your journey yeah social media can be really beneficial but also it can be really detrimental to your process and your progress because of those conflicting 
um, opinions. And when you have these polarizing statements, a lot of the time on social media or in, you know, magazines and stuff, the statements are given to get your attention. They are deliberately written so that you go, what, really? And then you want to read on and you want to like learn more. But often it doesn't give the like broad understanding and background and, and the specific situation when that quote might be right. And then you go, you take that statement and think it applies to everything, whereas actually it might only apply to 1% of the, of the population. So um, it might not be that you and I have um, the most polarizing information out there. It's, it's a lot more kind of fundamental and it's a lot more broad in the sense of um, we're not kind of keto is the only way to do things or vegan is the only way to be healthy. It's a much more like, well, what is your situation? What is your lifestyle? What are your goals? What are you trying to achieve? What are your drawbacks? What are the things that are holding you back? Um, do you have a preference of X, Y, and Z? And then it's almost like keto might be the approach for one person, you know, going vegan for a bit might be a brilliant approach for somebody else. We're not saying that either is right or either is wrong. And even though they're completely opposite for the right person at the right time, they might be the right solution. It's tools in your armor. It's sorry. It's tools in your toolbox instead of standing completely behind one tool to achieve the goal. And I find that that's probably, probably one of the most confusing things for people that are looking at health and nutrition information on social media is that polarizing statement piece from people and it seems so conflicting when someone says one thing and someone else says completely the opposite and you go well, hang on how can that be right it seems so confusing yeah so good glad so you agree mate <laughs> <laughs> well, i didn't want to jump on your toes there um you know what? there'll always be confusion in health and fitness um and i always say to people you know, look what people are selling because sometimes there's a, a bias behind them trying to sell something. Um, people are always selling things every day, selling opinions, selling ideas, selling products, selling services. Um, so everyone needs to make their bread, but make sure people are doing it in an, in an ethical way. I think people these days are quite savvy to clickbaity type stuff. We've all seen the Daily Mail type headlines, you know, that make us click and explore things. So that's why I think it's good to follow people for a period of time before you sort of say, oh, yeah, I'm going to buy this thing off David or Ben or whatever, because I think it will help me really get in tune with that person's ethics, because there is a lot of very misguided ethics in the fitness industry, because there's a lot of very strong egos, there's a very lot. Uh, very disordered personalities. Like um, that's why I very quickly moved away from like kind of the bodybuilding scene because the bodybuilding scene was like the scene 10 years ago in fitness. That's what shaped a lot of the fitness industry. And I hated it because there was so much disordered behavior in it, so much obsessive attitudes to training and nutrition. You signed up with a coach and you got a diet plan where it all looked the same every day for seven days. And you're like, wow, I don't want to live my life like that. Um, but you know, some of these individuals are painted as the ideal in terms of fitness because they've got abs and muscles and it's, it's far from the truth. These people are quite often mentally in a very, very poor spot. So, um, yeah, spend your time following people and getting, getting close to people to take advice off. Yeah. 
Cool. Um, so for you as, as an individual now, as a coach, as a business owner, where do you go from here? Like what is your kind of aspirations now moving forward? To write. Um, essentially, I feel that I've spent a lot of time building a business, working with my team, creating a, a system, an ecosystem where I can grow and enter the next next phase of my career. Um, I sort of became quite popular in fitness sort of like 2013 to 2017. Um, and then I worked on what would support my next phase. So uh, 2020 was going to be the start, but we've hit a few roadblocks. We had a child, you know, we've had some personal stuff change. So later on this year, I want to release sort of my proper mainstream book. And then I've got a sort of a series of three or four books after that. I absolutely love writing. And I feel that if you want to leave a legacy in the world, having books, having print, is a great way to do it. You know, there's things that get passed around that sits on a shelf that's referenced. So I'm, I'm looking forward to write and continuing to build what I've, I've already built. And is, is leaving a legacy, the belief behind the writing? Mm. Um, yes. Um, I believe that I've got some good stuff to say. I believe I can, you know, get people to think about health and fitness very differently, mindset very differently. And I think there's something really nice about sitting down, nice cup of tea, comfy seat, and just reading a book. I invest in time, being present with it. I'm a big fan of audio books. I'm a big fan of digital media, but I think sometimes there's something beautiful about a book and your connection with it and the way that you develop and experience change. Yeah, that's cool, man. I'm glad because... um the goal is to write a book. The why is to leave a legacy. And it's that why that will drive you to do the goal and hit and achieve. Just like the guys watching or listening to this, their goal might be to lose 10 pounds, but the why might be because X, Y, and Z. And it's the same. This ties really nicely back to your weight loss, your transformation at the start and that mindset and that belief in who you were as a person driving you to do the things and that's what again is the mindset that allows you to achieve and be successful is now this case of leaving a legacy and and really having that reputation as a coach and as a business owner and as a father and that's um that's really powerful i think that's the that's the, quite a nice kind of full circle approach to the conversation that we've had man yeah and hopefully people will take confidence from listening to this to go away and really find their whys. Like it's not, it's not a five minute job. Like you don't sit down and write some stuff on paper. You explore it, you evolve it, you think you've got it. And then maybe you haven't and you have to go a little bit deeper because it's not quite working or you've hit a road bump. But um, the first step is vulnerability. It's not really a word that's come up today vulnerability is really important to get under the skin of what you want to achieve so that you can be honest with yourself and then be honest with other people, then be honest with your coach. You know, if you hire a coach and you can't be really open with them and have a great conversation, then that's the coach is really going to struggle to help you because you haven't just leveled with them because you firstly haven't leveled with yourself. So go away from this podcast today and develop um, that through being vulnerable with yourself. Vulnerability, definitely something we haven't talked about, but something that's super, super important. 
and something which I think that most people should be more vulnerable with themselves uh, to be able to understand those real deep things about who they are and what they're scared of and what they want to work on and what that's holding them back. And being vulnerable in your own space is a really powerful thing to do as well. Uh, but a conversation perhaps for, for another day. But let's wrap things up there. Ben, I just want to say thanks so much, mate. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast, mate. This has been super insightful, super inspiring, loads of value, loads of information. So thank you very much, my man. Um, where can people find you? Just type my name into the internet and you'll find some stuff. Uh, if you think I've given some good advice today and you enjoy podcasts or you like following people on Instagram, just go and type Ben Coomber in, uh, follow me for a bit. If I say some cool stuff, then awesome. If I don't unfollow me. Um, so yeah, just come and have a look. Ben Coomber. Awesome. And I think you've got uh, the, the podcast you mentioned, Ben Coomber radio. There's a, a really brilliant podcast episode on there from a few weeks ago with yours truly so you guys can go and check that out i was on the podcast uh, so please feel free to listen to that the conversation was completely different you'll gain a lot of benefit on both of those so definitely go check out ben's podcast uh, again ben once again thanks so much for coming on the podcast mate really appreciate it bro thank you dude thank you everyone go be more awesome go be awesome see you later bye